Good morning. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Lord, we are grateful for the opportunity to worship you this morning. In the good times and the tough times, may we know that you are here with us, you go before us, and will always protect us. Help us to always be faithful and trusting in your ways. In your name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning and welcome to Faith Fellowship. If you have not filled out a connection card and have been attending a while, or maybe you're new today, I encourage you to pick one up from the literature display in the commons. You can drop it off the completed card at the information center out in the common area. And you can also fill this card out online by visiting our website, ffworship.com, and choose Contact Us. Each week at worship includes the opportunity to give our tithes and offerings to God through Faith Fellowship. Your giving supports all the ministries of this church and actually beyond our doors here. And there are several ways to give, as you can see on the screens. And there are also offering boxes located as you exit the auditorium today. Schnooks is discontinuing the eScript program at the end of this month. And many of you have been faithful in using this program to donate to Faith Fellowship. Thank you for your faithfulness during the years. It has been helpful and appreciated. We now continue with worship. got a question for you today that is what do you treasure you know your your heart 
it gets wrapped around the, the things you treasure. And your life gets built around what you treasure, whatever it is, whatever it is. Jesus said this, he says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moths nor rust consume and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your what? Your heart will be also. Whatever you treasure, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Your, your treasures are the things that you just assign great value to. They're the things you think about often in your life. They're the things that you hold very dear in your life. You guard them. You prize them. You, you arrange your life around them to try and obtain or to keep them. Your heart is always, it's always bent toward what you treasure. That's just a fact. You know, Jesus is saying we all treasure something. And I I want us to understand this because the question is not, are you going to treasure something? The question is, what are you going to treasure? We we start treasuring things. We all do. And and we start at a very young age. And I I believe I've shared this before, but uh, I remember my grandkids, they they were younger at the time. And uh, I was working at my computer, and two of them come racing in behind me. And uh, Isabella was about six at the time, and she's like, ta-da! And uh, I'm like, oh, it kind of frightened me. And uh, she uh, had a little plastic treasure chest. And she goes, open it, it's yours, Grandpa. And so I... uh, opened it and I was like is it my birthday is it Christmas and she's like oh grandpa which means get serious grandpa quit being stupid Uh, and so I opened it and inside there was a little plastic play coin in there and so I was like oh you know thanks and then a couple minutes later uh, Dason he's about three and he comes in he goes ta-da and uh, I'm like, okay. So he holds out the box, and it's got a plastic snake in it. And he goes, did it scare you, Grandpa? And so, and then he races out of the room. So in the next few minutes, they raced back and forth, back and forth, and they had gifts in hand each time. And in the span of about 10 minutes, I, I got plastic bugs, I got a potato head nose, uh, a, a pair of uh, doll s- shoes, a hot wheel car, empty gum wrappers, a lot of silly, silly stuff. And so as the kids are going back and forth and, and bringing me these, these gifts, Ethan, he, he's our more reserved kid, and uh, he's five, and I noticed he, he was watching. He was not participating, and then I noticed he was gone. And so I didn't think much about it. And then he, he come into the room, and he's carrying a great big box. And he's like he's presenting it to a king. He goes, here, Grandpa. And so I uh, fully expect this is going to be something funny. And I open this giant box, and down in the very bottom, there's a little bitty trinket down there. And I get the trinket out, and it was a trinket I had bought on a, in a gum machine several months before. 
And it looked like a cross between a Martian and a troll doll, okay? It was really ugly. <laughs> and, but this wasn't just any trinket. This was Mookie. Now, the fact that he named it tells you everything you need to know, I think. I mean, Ethan prized Mookie. When he was at our house, he would talk to Mookie. He would sleep with Mookie. He, he kept him in his pocket. It was a treasure to him. And it's at this point that the other grandkids realized the whole game's changed. I think they understood that it had just turned on them. And they go, Grandpa, Grandpa, that's Mookie. That's Ethan's favorite. Yeah, Grandpa. And so I'm looking at it, and I go, oh, Ethan, this is wonderful. Thank you. And he's just beaming, just beaming. And then I tried to give it back. He goes, no, Grandpa, it's really yours. And so I'm sitting there very touched. uh, But I said, well, Ethan, you know, you do such a good job taking care of him. Would you take care of him for me? And so he agreed. And friends, I will tell you, that was a a moment I'll always treasure. Now, since then, he's grown up. He's found other treasures in life. But for a moment in time, a little five-year-old said to me, this is the best I've got. It's my treasure. Grandpa, I love this thing, but it's yours. Friends, we all have treasures, don't we? You know, Peter said this, he said, I have no silver or gold, but what I have, I give to you. What are you going to treasure in your life? You know, it it might be a house, might be a car, jewels, reputation. It might be grades, it might be power, might be beauty. You know, it, it may be expensive, or it may have very little value to other people. But, but for you, it's huge. It's huge. And make no mistake about it, all of us, you have your very own treasure chest in life. And Jesus comes along and says, be very careful what you put in that. You know, pay attention. Because whatever it is that you treasure there will your heart be also. And what I hear in that is that treasures will shape you in life. You know, the psalmist talks about treasures, talks about idols in life. The psalmist writes this, he says, but their idols are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths but can't speak, eyes but can't see. They have ears but can't hear, noses but can't smell. They have hands that cannot feel, feet but cannot walk, nor can they utter a sound with their throats. And then the, the, the psalmist is going to say something very, very thought-provoking at this point. The, the psalmist says, those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. You know, the, the Bible says that you become like the things you worship. You know, when you worship, it will determine your values 
whatever it is you worship will determine your priorities in life. You know, when you worship, what you're doing is proclaiming what gets first place in your life. You are shaped by what you treasure. You always are. You know, for instance, if you, if you treasure money, what will happen is you will be shaped by a thing called greed. If you worship power, a lot of people do, what will happen is you become arrogant as you get more of it. You know, if you uh, treasure comfort, apathy will rule. You know, if you treasure approval, well, you'll become a chameleon in life. You, You treasure achievements, you will become a user of people to move up the ladder. And Jesus was asked one time, he says, well, what's the greatest commandment? You know, boil it down for us, Jesus. We want to know what that is. And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Jesus is uh, rephrasing the, the very first commandment. It's part of the Big Ten, you know, the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other God before me. That which you assign the ultimate value, that which you treasure above all else in life, is the object of your love. It's what the Bible calls worship. You know, that word uh, worship, um, it's actually an old English word. And roughly pronounced, it's worship. It means to assign worth to something, to assign value to something. In other words, to put a price tag on it so that that's what this is worth in my life. You know, for instance, say if you worship God, you're proclaiming to God, you're my ultimate value in life. God, here's my treasure chest. It's yours. It's the best I got. Worship is vital We all worship something. But it comes with a caution. See, it is possible to claim to treasure God. But in reality, to live with a heart that's devoted to other gods in life. In other words, it's possible for you and I to to come here and worship. And in in our minds think, everything I have, God, everything I do, Everything I am, I give to you. It's yours. But there's a struggle, isn't there? Just even hearing that. It's it's a very common theme throughout Scripture. The Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. What they treasure takes them another direction. See, worship, worship's a a way of life. You know, what you worship is what you will build your life around. It'll become the foundation. And so the the question you, you have to answer for yourself is, what do I truly worship in life? You know, how do you know what it is you worship? 
Well, I'll give you one word answer. Where you sacrifice. Where you make sacrifices. You know, whatever you treasure, you will serve it. Whatever you sacrifice for, that is your worship. That's the thing. You know, if you treasure having a certain kind of body, you will sacrifice to have that. If you uh, sacrifice to reach a certain uh, point of achievement in your life, you sacrifice for it. You know, if you uh, treasure accumulating a certain amount of money, you sacrifice for it. There's always a sacrifice. You know, whatever you, you treasure, you serve. You, you think about it. You work for it. In fact, you pursue it with passion. You dream about it. That which you worship, you're devoted to. Regardless of the cost, the inconvenience involved, or the effort. You're up to the call because it's what matters. Whatever you give your heart to, whatever you're willing to sacrifice for, that's what you worship. And so the question is, what is it that you sacrifice for in your life? Be honest with yourself. You know, because the fact is the implications of this one, they're huge. They're great. You know, I watched a guy, this is years ago, but I watched this guy claim to be a Christ follower. But the truth, the truth was he was consumed with the desire to, to have success in his life. And, and I watched him sacrifice everything on the altar of success. You know, I watched him neglect his faith through the years. I, I watched him neglect his marriage. You know, even though his wife, she must have told him a thousand ways that things weren't working well. There was no change. He neglected his kids. And although he, he would tell you, oh, my family's the most important thing in my life, he'd make promises to him. I'm going to do this. I'm going to spend time with you. And then he'd break the promises, and, and quite casually, to be honest. And then he would try and buy them off with little trinkets and gifts. You know, sorry about that. Wasn't there for you. And here, here's the brutal, just the brutal truth. I watched him sacrifice his faith, his children, his wife, everything on that altar. He sacrificed to his true God success. And friends, I could, I could tell you story after story, very similar how it plays out in people's lives. It just change, changes up, you know, according to what it is. What is it you worship? You know, we claim to be Christ followers. But some people worship approval. You know, the real desire of the heart. I need people to think well of me. I need, I need to impress other people and for them to be impressed with me. And so what happens is that kind of person will sacrifice they sacrifice uh, their opinions. 
They sacrifice integrity on that altar. Why? Just so they can manage other people's impressions of them. Just to be regarded highly in their life. And I know how this goes because people go, well, you know, I don't think that's a big deal. But it is. You know, maybe, maybe you worship comfort. There are a lot of people in our country worship that one. And the fact is, comfort is not much of a God, I'll tell you that. And you may think, well, I'm not sacrificing anything. I'm just comfortable. But friends, you are. You're sacrificing growth in your life. You sacrifice opportunities. You sacrifice your faith. You sacrifice generosity. You sacrifice your passions in life. And you place them on the altar, and you sacrifice to comfort. And that sacrifice, you're also sacrificing the adventure of what could have been your life. But I want to be comfortable. You trade. You're always trading. We all trade. What do you treasure above all else? What, what is it that, you, that you're very tempted to put above God? What is it? You know, you've got to identify it. The Hebrew writer says, Through him then, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips. Give thanks to his name. See, worship, worship is a sacrifice of praise. It's always got sacrifice in it. It's coming before God, you know, with more than a little gesture or with meaningless words. It's sacrifice of praise. It's offering to God whole heart, all heart, all I've got. God, this is my life. And everything I do, everything I say, everything is a sacrifice, Lord, to you. My whole life becomes worship, Lord. That's big. That's big. You know, the Old Testament, uh, if you spend much time in it, you know there were a lot of sacrifices in Old Testament times. The, the people engaged in those sacrifices, and it actually was a very, very important part of their worship back then. And so they would bring the, these sacrifices to God, and they would lay things on the altar, literally. You know, burn offerings. They, they would lay an animal on the altar. And it was an expression to God saying, this is my best. I love you this much, God. They'd offer a a guilt offering or sin offering. And again, it it was for forgiveness. I I think it was a way for them to say, God, I need you. I know I'm lost without you. There's no salvation without you. They were all acts of worship. Jesus comes along, ultimate sacrifice, In fact, Jesus would satisfy all the other sacrifices. There'd be no more need for those. And he gave his life for us. Apostle Paul comes along, and he applies sacrifice to the entire life. He writes, he says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, 
holy and acceptable unto God, which is your spiritual worship. He redefines it. You know, notice he he says, "I, I want you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. You know, present, it, it, it's a technical term in the Greek, and it tracks back to the Hebrew, you know, in the Old Testament. But it, it is that, that sense of to place an object upon the altar before God. It's that act of laying it on the altar. And once you lay it on the altar, it doesn't come off the altar. Why? Well, because it doesn't belong to you anymore. It belongs to God. And Paul says, present your life, your entire life, all of it, everything, as a living sacrifice, which is a really odd phrase, living sacrifice. Old Testament, sacrifices were dead. (laughs) Paul comes along and says, put your life on the altar. You know, what, what would a living sacrifice do on the altar? Well, they know what's coming. Tempted to crawl off the altar. Paul says, sacrifice your life on that altar. Do it again and again and again. Every morning when you get up, you, you go to God and you say, God, I place my will on this altar. I place my possessions on the altar, my desires, my relationships, my work, my recreation. I put them all on the altar, Lord. They're not mine anymore. I am a living sacrifice. You see, see the, we're redefining everything, you know. You know, Paul, Paul uses that, that Greek word, latrino, which literally means worship, service. And they're connected now. You know, there is an intrinsic uh, connection between worship and serving. You know, what we worship, we serve. And what we serve, we worship. Which is that sense with what you worship with your heart is what you treasure the most. It's what you serve with your whole life. Your life's built on it. And so the question is, what is it, what is it you sacrifice to God? I, I would challenge you to do a little assessing of being a living sacrifice. And again, this is every area of life, whatever area you can think of. You know, and, and I will tell you, sometimes they're little sacrifices. Sometimes they're big sacrifices. Sometimes they're painful to just be blunt about it. But it's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice every day. It's a sacrifice in every area of life. It is a sacrifice on the altar before God of our lives. You know, how how about relational life? You know, the people that live in your home, people that you do life with, people you work with, go to school with, people you walk past in in the store. How about this one? The people that irritate you. Got anybody that irritates you? So when you set your recreate or your uh, relational life on the altar, are you a living sacrifice to God? And I know some of you are going, I don't understand what being a living sacrifice looks like relationally. Well, okay, here it is. 
a living sacrifice relationally lives for others and not for myself. In other words, you, you set aside your desires. Why? For others. You're willing to defer. You're willing to push it aside. You know, Paul writes this, Romans uh, 12, 18. He says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, my guess is most of you, when you see that, you go, okay, I know what that means. That means if I get into it with someone and we get in a fight or we have a, a problem, then I need to do whatever I need to do to make things right. That's how most of us see that. That's definitely what Paul's saying. But Paul's actually saying something much bigger than that. You know, Paul's saying, as you assess your life and everyone you came in contact with today, tomorrow, whatever, did you do everything you could to extend peace to others? Did you show kindness to everyone, that person that irritated you at the store or at home? Did you express love? Did you give it your very, very best effort? Be honest with yourself. You know, what does your relational life look like? Is it a train wreck? Or is it worship before God? Big difference there. You know, how about uh, vocational life? You know, how many people work? How many of you don't have a real job, but you got a job anyway? Yeah. Are you a living sacrifice in those times? Are you handling things in a God-honoring way? You know, Paul writes this. He says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as though you were working for the Lord and not for people. See, living sacrifice, vocationally, does not cut corners. Never. Even if everybody else at the office or the job site is cutting corners, you don't. Living sacrifices are committed to that. You know, living sacrifice, if we're honest, it means... We, we will do it to a default, even if it means we lose money in the process. What is most important is integrity in that situation. You know, living sacrifices never use people. They always value people, respect people. You know, they, that living sacrifice throws out the mentality, and it's a popular one. Who cares? Who cares? I'll just kind of get by. No, no, living sacrifice does the very best job possible every time, period, whether anybody notices it or not. And so are you a living sacrifice vocationally in your life? You go, oh, I, don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Okay, what would, what would your coworkers say? What would your boss say? What would your employees say? And you'll start getting at it there. You know, how about financial life, huh? You know, do you honor God 
with how you handle your finances? Do you, do you honor God with, with how you gift? You know, it's a stewardship issue. You know that, right? You know, give, I've always said, you give me a couple minutes, let me look through your bank statements and receipts. I, I won't, by the way, don't get panicked. But, but if, if I could, I could tell you rapidly what is the most important thing to you. I could tell you where you struggle the most. I could tell you where God ranks in your life, where your faith is. I, I could tell you all kinds of things just, just by a quick glance. Proverbs says, honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of your produce. You know, it's the first fruits. It's the giving back to God, uh, what, what we've earned, what we've been blessed with, to, to recognize it's from God. God, these are my treasures. Take them, they're yours. Here's the point I want you to, every area of your life, these are just samples, but every area of your life for you to go through and assess it, you know, your recreation life, your thought life, your sex life, put it all on the, on the altar, and say, you know, just look at it. You know, Jesus gave it all. He gave it all. Not some, he gave everything. He gave his life. And he died on the cross for you and me. As a sacrifice. Sacrifice for your sins, my sins. What is it that you treasure above all else? It requires a decision. And you have to be honest with yourself. And honest with God. I mean, God knows anyway, but... See, I've said many, many times, you either make God Lord of all, or he's not Lord at all in your life. There's really no in-between. You know, Joshua, he says this. He says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living or the gods of this culture, I might add. Who are you going to serve? Joshua says, you got to make a decision. Joshua says, I've made mine, but as for me, and my household, we will serve the Lord. Simple question. Who are you going to serve? What are you going to serve? What are you going to worship? What are you going to treasure in your life? Friends, choose very, very carefully. Very carefully. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our most holy God, God, we, uh, we praise you. God, you created fearfully and wonderfully. God, you created us with desires. That's a good thing. But God, help us to choose wisely what we are going to treasure in this world. So many things are fleeting, passing, they rust, they fall apart. 
God, may we worship you above all else. God, give us a heart. Give us a passion for that. God, forgive us when we tend to get sidetracked. There's so many things that uh, are just alluring. And I pray your Holy Spirit would just nudge us, just whisper to us, be careful. Don't go too far with that. God, may we please you with all we, we say and do. We give you the glory. We give you the praise this day and every day. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. God's people said. And so we're going to prepare for ordination. Uh, Kim French comes today to be ordained. And so to prepare our hearts for, for that moment, we're going to just, you can just stay seated. And we're going to allow this song to lead us into that part of our service. <laughs>